Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Ghost Nobody, and welcome to Chapter 2 of Hunter Hunted, my little stroll through the AVP fanfiction universe that I created. I do hope that you're enjoying the series so far, and that uh, you'll continue to enjoy it through the whole 45 chapters, as week by week we tackle each and every one. Also, I hope you'll look out for my new series that should be coming out alongside this one, called Radiance, which was a podcast-exclusive series. And a first for me as I tackle the Fallout universe. And just as I've said before, these are fan fictions. I don't own anything to do with Aliens or Predator. I also don't own anything to do with uh, Fallout either. Otherwise I'd probably have a nice yacht that I could escape from people whining about all the bugs in the Fallout 4 universe. But hey, that's a uh, quote for another forum I should say. Well, without further ado, this is Ghost Nobody signing off. I'm welcoming you. The Hunter Hunter, Chapter 2. Please enjoy. Chapter 2. Just another day in paradise. Blade glanced off metal, making a shower of sparks as Tikalith struck to the Black blood side. He roared in frustration and swung one of his large arms in a wide arc which connected with her side. The blow sent Tikalith sprawling backwards into the mud on the forest floor with a heavy thud. The impact caused her mandibles to snap together, sending a flash of pain to her face like a flash of light. Immediately, her highly honed instincts told her to roll to one side, and she chose left. Just as she completed the roll, there was a sticky-sounding thud from right behind her. Glancing back, she saw the male had driven his large spear into the ground with her only milliseconds ago she'd occupied. He roared in frustration again. Tikalith knew that a poor excuse for a male he was, he was not going to be able to match him for strength. She was going to have to rely on her wits and speed to win this one. Quickly, she rolled again, this time using a momentum to spring up onto her feet and immediately dashed right. She could see his plasma caster swivelling to acquire her now rapidly moving form. One was swivelling left while the other was going right. If she carried on this course, she would trap together in the middle. Changing track, she slid into a swift but rather graceful swing, now moving towards the surprised male, who was turning to face her, having just freed his spear staff from the mud. As she sprinted, she dipped low, just at the right time, causing the twin fizzing plasma bolts to sail right over her back. On a high-speed approach, she noticed a potential opening and swung for it with her blades. One glanced harmlessly off his armour, but the other connected, sending a jet of glowing blood onto the muddy forest floor. The male roared in pain as Tikalith's blade sliced effortlessly through the flesh of his right leg. He struggled to remain balanced as the wound weakened his right leg. Sensing a second opening emerging in this shaky balance, Tikalith again char- changed direction from a circular sprint and again charged right at the male. This time he saw her coming and swiped at her with his now fully extended fist blades. But as he saw his blades about to connect with the side of her head, she disappeared right in front of his eyes. But before his brain was able to process this, a sharp pain shot to the entire length of his left arm, causing him to fall limply to his side. Glancing down in confusion, he saw the entire side of his right armour was now painted with glowing blood. His glowing blood. Somehow, She'd not only managed to duck below his blow, but to slice through the tendons directly under his arm in the weak spot of his armpit with one of those daggers. 
Tick Alice spun on her heels to face the male. The entire left side of his body was near enough crippled from the two precision blows that she delivered. His arm hung limply at his side, and his leg was coiled up as if he was balancing on his toes, placing all his weight on his other foot. Shadow Claw Hall, I will drown you in your own blood. I will fuck your skull until I polish it and hang it on my wall, he roared at her. Tick Alice simply clicked her mandibles in annoyance at him, but her confidence was nearly cost her greatly. At the last second, she noticed his plasma casters had locked on to her. Diving forwards, throwing herself to the ground, she felt the heat of one of the bolts as it screamed past her head. The other one was a bit lower. Somehow the male had anticipated her dive direction, and the bolt slammed into the top of her shoulder, sending a searing bolt of pain through her left side. The impact broke her dive and sent her flying backwards, slamming her hard into the trunk of a rather large tree, with a sense of a jarring thud to her brain. Tikala's head sagged forward as it swam in a whirlpool of pain, frustration and also a little fear. Giving herself a mental slap, she forced herself to roll away from the tree trunk. Once again, her instincts proved spot on, as milliseconds later she was impacted by two plasma bolts in exactly the spot where she'd been sat. Quickly pushing herself into a second roll, she was able to regain her footing and started moving again. She dared not look down at the wound her shoulder had received. She knew it would be bad. Not many took a direct hit from a plasma caster and lived to tell the tale of it. So the fact that it had just clipped her shoulder was a blessing. If she could still move, she could still fight. Using the adrenaline and the rush of pain and fear had brought on, Tick Alice sprinted towards the male. She needed to close the gap so he couldn't use those fucking plasma casters so that her daggers would be effective. Moving around to the male's crippled side, she pivoted at full speed. He roared at the top of his lungs as he saw her coming and whirled his spear staff at her, trying to catch her legs with the razor-sharp edges. With high-speed precision, Tick Alice dodged over it and in an instant spotted an opening. The male whirled his staff at her again and another sweeping arc. As he did, Tick Alice dove over it and into a forward roll, popping up right next to him. His surprise was evident, as even though she couldn't see his face with the mask, his body language spoke volumes. With all her speed and strength, Tickalf plunged the long, jagged blade of her dagger straight through the gap in between the chest armour and his hunting mask. A jet of bright green blood sprayed from a massive wound in the male's neck as Tickalf tore the blade through from his neck. Dropping his spear, the male grabbed at his mortally wounded throat with his working hand. Jets of great green blood sprayed between his massive fingers. He spun in a full circle like a lazy drunk trying to find his footing before falling to his knees in the mud. Rising to a full height of six foot ten inches, Tickalth turned to face the stricken male who was now on his knees. To her amazement, he began to laugh. You may have bested me, Shadowclaw whore, but my brothers will come, and one way or another, they will end you. You will never leave this planet, except maybe with your head mounted on a fucking wall. He spat through gurgling breaths. Tickalith looked at the stricken male with triumph in her eyes. Slowly she approached him with her dagger held to her side, now determined to cut his head from his body. My name is Tickalith of the Shadowclaw clan, daughter of Mactessa. For four seasons you have festering bile you call a clan 
have kept me here in this cesspool. For four seasons you have hunted me like prey, and for four seasons I have bested the pox that you have sent against me. Now, with your death, I will be finally free of you. I will leave this place once I find my brothers and sisters, and we will hunt the bile you call a clan down and exterminate your filth from the stars, she said in a calm voice. The male chuckled again through gurgled coughs, each spraying more blood from his neck. Oh, and how is my death going to help you do that, whore? He asked, sounding quite amused. But she could tell he was fading rather quickly. Simple. I'm taking your dropship, she replied with a defiant smile. Now his chuckles turned into a full-on roar of laughter. Tikalis' brow furrowed in anger and confusion. He was dying in the mud like a coward, and he was laughing? That's what you think, whore. You'll never leave this place. Never! He bellowed, and with the last of his strength faded, his hands dropped from his throat, swiftly followed by his head, which now sagged onto his chest. Looking at the dead, bad-blood male, Tikalith couldn't help but wonder what he'd meant by that. But as it turned out, she didn't have to wait long for an answer. The computer on his wrist blade started issuing a shrill beeping noise. She knew exactly what that meant. Instantly, she turned on her heels and started sprinting full tilt out into the forest as fast as her legs would carry her. She barely had enough time to dive into the cover of a rock hollow for a crashing boom echoed through the trees behind her and blue light and heat washed over her. Coughing violently, Ticker poked her head up out of the hollow that saved her life from the self-destruct blast. A movement sent a small cloud of ash into the air around her as she looked around. Should have seen that coming, she scolded herself as she climbed out of the hollow, dusting herself off. As she hit her shoulder, a giant jolt of pain reminded her of the injury there. Now daring to look at it, she saw the plasma bolt had drilled a neat hole through the very top of her shoulder and burned all the tissue surrounding it. Fortunately, it seemed to have also cauterized it, so bleeding wouldn't really be an issue for her. But it was going to leave one hell of a scar there. Not that she minded. Battle scars were marks of honour for her clan, reminders of foes bested and battles won out of honour. Just as she finished inspecting the damage to her shoulder, she heard a distant sound that sounded like a thunderclap. Flinching, she turned and looked off in the direction of the noise. Instantly, she saw a huge column of smoke and fire rising out of the canopy. For a second, she was confused as to what had caused it, but then what the bad blood had said rang in her head, and she instantly realised what it was. Pork! She roared at the top of her now enraged voice in the direction of the now smoking remains of the Bad Blood's dropship. Seems that his wrist computer had been linked to his ship's computer. So when his life signs ended and the computer detonated, erasing him from his existence, his ship, and therefore her only way off this blasted rock, had gone up the same way, in a cloud of pork in smoke. Knowing full well that the Ujuta self-destruct systems leave no trace behind, Tikalith decided it would be a giant waste of her time to search the area for anything useful, as it would have been vaporised. She figured it would be worth looking for the bodies of his two bed hunting partners, as they might well have something useful on them. She couldn't remember hearing any other self-destructs going off as they fell into her traps, so slowly she limped off in the direction she'd come to reach this place. Retracing her steps of the rainforest, 
She eventually came to where the second bad blood hunter had fallen into a spike pit. His mangled body lay at an odd twisted angle with four huge wooden spikes impaling him through the chest and legs. The spikes were totally covered in green glowing blood from where they'd impaled him and he'd slid right down them to the bottom. It looked like he'd died so quick he hadn't even been able to activate any of his safety measures. A slow, sly smile crossed Tickalith's mandibles as she saw his full weapon pack laid totally intact on him next to the ground. It was going to be an awkward climb down with her shoulder in its current state, but the reward would be more than worth it. This was the first time she managed to take one of these porks out and have them leave their remains behind, for usually they set their self-destruction in advance and tied them into the ships, just like their leader had. But the two that fell into the traps must have been young bloods that went rogue on their trials and fell into this bad blood clan. Their lack of experience was obvious to any blooded hunter, given that they'd fallen into such easy and rudimentary traps. So carefully she looked for hand and footholds in the grown vines to aid her descent into the pit she'd dug. She also used her formidable claws on both her hands and feet, digging them into the soft earth of the pit wall to gain extra grip, and gingerly she picked her way down to the bottom. She managed it with very little problem. The worst of it came from her wounded shoulder, causing extreme pain every time she had to put too much weight on it. But finally, she reached the bottom and hugged the wall. Now she had to be very careful of these spikes, as she'd laced them with a particularly nasty poison made from some of the local plants she'd discovered after being stranded here. Carefully, she picked her way over to the body of the fallen bad blood. His weapon pack had become dislodged from his body on impact with the spikes and was now on the floor right next to her left foot. Slowly, slowly kneeling down, she used her good hand to retrieve it and pull it to her. The weight on it indicated it had been travelling light and was unusual for a bad blood. They usually vastly overcompensated in firepower department. But at this point, only having her twin daggers to rely on, any extra weapon was a massive boon. Opening the dark metal satchel, Tigelth looked inside hopefully. Fishing around inside it, there'd be be two chakra discs, a couple of explosive trip mines, as well as a short sword. Tigelth scoffed at this. What kind of hunter keeps their weapons in a bag when chasing their prey? She asked aloud, looking at the body of the fallen bad blood with disgust, at his total lack of skill, and not only that, but his total lack of respect for his prey. Taking the weapons from the bag, she clipped them to the remains of her armour. It had taken a serious beating over the last four seasons on this planet. If it wasn't for the local beasts, it was the damn bad bloods. She wore a dark grey chest piece that stopped just above her midriff. It had her clan emblem engraved into the right shoulder, which as well as the left shoulder and now had a neat hole drilled right along through it. Though she was still glad to have it, for without its protection, the plasma bolt would have blown her shoulder and arm clean off. Tegar clipped the sword to her back directly behind her head for ease of retrieval. All Yuzhuta weapons had magnetic clips on them to allow them to be connected to hunting or battle armour easily. The two chakra discs clipped to the belt of her battle skirt on her right hip. Now the bag was empty, but she decided to keep it to help her carry anything else she might retrieve from these bad box. Turning her attention to the body of the fallen bad blood, Tegelf began to pat him down, 
Didn't want to risk pulling him free of the spikes in case his weight caused her to lose her balance around all these deadly spikes. There were three things that she was looking for, and much to her absolute delight, found all three completely intact. Firstly, she found at the base of his spine was the medical kit that all Yujuta hunters carry into a hunt. Taking a silver-coloured tube, she opened it up. Inside were a collection of basic medical tools that were predominantly used for saving the user's life, but in the right hands could be used to heal most wounds. Taking two small vials from the case, she looked at them. One contained a sm- silver metallic liquid, kind of looked like mercury, the other a deep red liquid. Next, she took out a small fan-shaped mixing dish and opened it out. Cracking the tops of the tubes, she mixed the contents of the two vials into a muddy pink paste. Then she took a small silver spatula and scooped the paste into it. Next came the really shit part. She jammed the mixture into the hole the plaza caster had drilled through her shoulder. Pork! Tickeleth roared at the top of her lungs with her mandibles flared at this intense pain ripped through her shoulder. But this mixture was fast acting and in only seconds the pain fizzled out and she heard a soft hissing fizzing noise of the mixture sealing the wound in her shoulder. Take a couple of days before the wound was completely healed. That stuff would do its job plugging up the wound and speeding things up in the meantime. Packing the kit away she clipped it to the same place the dark blood had carried it to the rear of her hips. Next up was located just above his right shoulder. And clipping the plasma caster from its mounting on the shoulder plate of his armour, she turned it over in her experienced hands and inspected it. The casing was completely intact with not even a scratch on it. Lifting it up, she quickly clipped it to the mounting bracket to mount it on her right shoulder and it clicked snugly into place. Finally, she had to get the last piece. This one was not looking forward to taking as of where it was, but to use the cast and to give it much as much needed edge she needed it. So leaning over the body, she carefully avoided the spikes as she reached down and pulled the black blood's head back. Carefully, she removed the connecting valves and slowly pulled the hunting mask from his face before letting the head fall back down. Next up was the wrist computer to go with it, as the mask on its own was useless without it. Looking into the cold, dead eyes of the bad blood was not pleasant. Tickelth had killed many things over her young life as a huntress, but it was always different when the glassy eyes were one of your own species. Even if he rather was an ugly, bad blood, scummy pork, she couldn't help but feel a small pang of guilt taking things from his corpse. She never liked desecrating the bodies of the fallen wasn't even one for taking trophies from sentient species, preferring to test her metal against the beasts of all shapes and sizes instead. But then again, in his case it was his own fault, in taking on a fully-blooded huntress like she was. The prey had cost him his ultimate price. Checking the mask over in her hands, she immediately noticed that it had not fared as well as the plasma caster. There were a variety of small dents over the smooth exterior surface, and she noticed one large one to the top right-hand corner where the viewfinder sensors were located. Huffing at it, she decided to try it anyway. She clipped in the valves and slowly pressed the mask to her face, making sure her mandibles were retracted all the way. The mask clipped into place and immediately sprang to life. It 
booted up and instantly connected the computer now mounted snugly on our dark grey van brace. Immediately, there was a problem. The dent of the sensor pack compromised most of the mask's viewing modes. The only ones that seemed to work properly were the thermal detection and Akira Ande detection. Next up, she tested the tracking system and targeting. Plasma caster on her shoulder rang and sprang into life and rose up on its mountain. It started to track her head movements as she turned her head left and right and back up again. So at least that was working properly. After one last check of his body for anything useful, Tegala thanked the fallen bad blood for his sacrifice and proceeded to climb back out of the pit, which was a hell of a lot harder than going down, thanks to her bad shoulder, but with gritted teeth and mandibles and a lot of swearing, she managed it. Tegala slumped down on her back after her climb to catch her breath. Through the canopy of the tree, she stared at the sky. It was beginning to get dark and clouds had parted just enough for her to see the stars starting to emerge. Over the last four seasons of being stuck on this rock she'd become very familiar with these stars. But they weren't her stars. She longed for her home, for her family. She missed her bearer and her father along with her two sisters. All the squabbles of family life, her sisters arguing who the, who's the better huntress or who would bear the best pups. Who was breathing the best air? And then and there she vowed that on that day she would see them again or she'd die trying. Finally, regaining some of her strength, she rose to her feet. Decided to pay a visit to the other sprung trap to see if the second bad blood had fallen victim to it and had anything useful. Before she began the long trek back to her hidden cave that she'd called home for the last four seasons. The walk through the forest to the second trap site was far from relaxing. This planet, which was used by the particular Bad Blood clan as their own private hunting reserve, was populated by some of the nastiest and most fearsome creatures known in the galaxy. Made even something as simple as going for a walk into a massive mission, you constantly had to end up on your guard, or you'd end up as a snack for something a lot bigger and a lot nastier than you. Reaching the second sprung trap, Tegalth sighed heavily. Even before she examined the body, she knew she wasn't going to be able to recover anything of use here. The trap that the bad blood had sprung was a deadfall trap, made out of a rather large log hoisted into the tree canopy, set to drop when something tripped the tripwire underneath. The impact of said log on his head had driven the bad blood into the soft ground like a fucking nail, and in turn had destroyed pretty much all his equipment that he'd been carrying with him. She decided it simply wasn't worth the effort of pulling the rather large log off his dead body. She already knew what she would find, and she could do without having to seize an undoubtedly ugly face which had been made even uglier by being smashed to the top of his head by a log. So with a very heavy sigh, she turned and started the rather long trek home. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. That was Hunter Hunter Chapter 2. I do hope you enjoyed that. And whatever system you're using to listen to this podcast, whether it be Spotify, Breach, Google Podcasts, whichever, if you have the availability to do so, I'd really appreciate it if you leave a like and subscribe and possibly even share the links to this to anybody you feel might uh, enjoy listening. The more that I spread this, the more this channel grows and the easier it becomes for me to do this. So I do hope you will uh, join me next week for Chapter 3. 
and I hope you enjoy Radiance, as it should be coming out alongside this one. So please stop by, give that a listen as well. You never know. You might find you like sexy death claws even more than you like Yujuta and Xeno Queens. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying see you next time.